friends. We are back with another episode of the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful business and life. I'm your host, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here with me. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is uh, the audio from an Instagram live, and I am sharing about capacity. Uh, Capacity is kind of a buzzword right now. Lots of people are talking about capacity, and a lot of people are talking about embodiment and nervous system healing and somatic practices. And uh, I think that some of these words can... Uh, get a little lost and it's easy to tune them out or to think we understand them without really um, implementing them in practice in our daily lives. And so in this live, I'm talking about what what I mean when I talk about capacity um, and how we can use somatic practices, and in this I'm really specifically talking about the um, sensual movement manifestation practice that I teach inside my 90-day challenge, um, that we can use somatic practices to help us experience these things in the body versus just intellectually understanding them. And I'm probably going to do a separate talk about the difference between a feeling and a concept or intellectualizing our feelings. Um, But I want to drop in here that if you are like me and you have an air, moon, and stellium, uh, or you're somebody who's been in lots of talk therapy and you hit a point where you're like really good at talking about yourself, your life, um, your experience of things, why you think the things you think, uh, or why you feel the way you feel, but you're not always great at feeling your feelings, maybe even to the degree that you don't know the difference, um, this might be really helpful for you, and the 90-day sensual movement manifestation practice would be really great for you. It's really great for me because I always think of myself as being a person who really intimately knows how I feel, um, but I notice a lot that I am intellectualizing my feelings and my experience and kind of telling myself the story of what's happening and what I think about what's happening and generating some feelings mentally uh, versus like allowing myself to experience feelings as they're happening. And there's all kinds of reasons for that and I could get into them more, but that's uh, not necessarily helpful. But if you relate to this, if you are also someone who um, you maybe think that you're really in touch with your feelings, but actually you tend to intellectualize your experience more than feel your feelings, um, then this uh, conversation and this practice might be really good for you. And one of the ways we can tell if we tend to intellectualize our experience more than feel our feelings is when we, mm, how am I going to say this? We get the thing we think we want. And not only do we not feel the way we thought we'd feel, but we feel contradictory to it. 
uh, right? Like it makes us feel anxious or it makes us feel scared or it makes us feel off kilter or off balance. And then kind of rather than allowing ourselves to fully experience those emotions so that we can tend to them, we instead kind of give platitudes to ourselves and be like, you know, I should be grateful. I should be happy. This is what I said I wanted. I don't want to act like I'm not grateful for this. I don't want to say I'm not excited about it. Um, because we have the part of us that the very highly developed part of us that knows how we think we should feel and how we expected to feel and is analyzing what's happening and also analyzing probably how we think other people would think about us if they knew that we were having feelings that were anything less than what we think we're supposed to feel, like anything less than grateful or overjoyed or happy. And so we kind of shove our actual feelings and experience down and instead kind of like talk ourselves through what we think we should be thinking or feeling. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else do this? Just me? It can't just be me. I know it's not just me because I have clients who do it too. Okay. Well, if you are (laughs) a feeling shover downer, if you are a self-gaslighter, and I mean this in the most well-meaning way, but a lot of us who tell ourselves, you're fine, you've got this, you're okay, like we're like, but my, my little feelings on the inside are like, I don't know if I'm fine, I don't know if I've got this, I don't know if I'm okay, I think maybe I need you to like acknowledge that I'm scared, and you're like, no, you're good, get up. Uh, you know, anyone who like uh, coaches themselves with a lot of tough love mentally, I know I do, um, all of these things might make us more distant from our emotional experience than we might like. Uh, And so if any of that is you, then definitely join the challenge uh, and listen to this uh, little conversation about becoming the type of container that can hold the thing you want. As always, the links for everything are in the show notes. And if you like the podcast, I would so appreciate it if you like and subscribe and leave a review. All of those things are super helpful. Share it is really, really helpful trying to get those listeners up. And if you ever want to talk to me about anything you hear on the podcast, you can always DM me over on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching. All right, without further ado, let's get into the show. beautiful friends. I hopped on because I want to talk a little bit about capacity. What does it mean to talk about capacity and being resourced? We might hear these words around in the zeitgeist right now, and I want to talk about what they really mean. I want to talk about nervous system capacity uh, and what that really means, especially what it means in the somatic sense. And for me, what it means when we're talking about manifestation or when we're talking about goals, desires, the things that we want in the world. So I want us to consider capacity. Uh, Let's just get real literal, right? So if you have a solo cup, a red solo cup, you can't pour an entire bottle of champagne into that red solo cup. The capacity of the cup is not enough to hold the the amount of liquid that you're trying to pour in. It's not going to work. And The same is true of our nervous system capacity, our emotional capacity to hold certain circumstances in our lives. 
So I want to talk to you about something that I see happen with a lot of my clients, um, especially if they are fire dominant entrepreneurs. What happens is they are chronic overworkers. They handle everything. They may be making money, but they are like on the verge of burnt burnout or they're already burnt out. They work around the clock. They are the reliable one, the strong one, the person who just handles shit. That's awesome, right? But it's not easeful and it's not sustainable. And so after we've been working together for a while and we get systems in place, and we take some work off their plate and we enhance their boundaries and we help them with some life balance. Maybe we get them some help. All of a sudden they hit this point where they've got some space in their schedule and I almost always have to call them and be like, do not fill that space up with work. And they're like, ooh, guilty. I was totally looking at what else I could do to fill that space up. And I'm like, right, because you're so used to filling up every single minute of every single day. And even though you felt like you wanted time, even though you felt like you wanted more freedom, more spaciousness, now that it's here, you don't know what to do with yourself. And you're starting to realize that that space, that spaciousness, that openness in your schedule makes you anxious. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. It makes you feel like something's missing. You suddenly notice that you have guilt about resting. Hello, internalized capitalism. You have um, discomfort with sitting still for too long because when you sit still for too long, you feel your feelings and you have spent a lot of time avoiding being still so that you don't have to feel those feelings. So you wanted the space and you wanted the time, but you don't have a container that's comfortable with free time. You don't have a container that's comfortable holding ease. Your container is attuned to overwork, to anxiety, to hustle. And so you're, you're not used to having that space. A similar thing happens with money and this has happened for a lot of my clients and it happened for me. When I hit six figures in my business, it was the first time ever in my life I had experienced what it was like to have enough just to like have enough money, to have enough money that my bills were paid and I had some savings. And if I had an emergency, I didn't have to be afraid that it was going to cost me my home, that if my pets needed to go to the vet or I had to replace the battery in my car, that it wasn't going to become a financial crisis in my life. And when I hit that point, a whole new type of scarcity cropped up in me that was like, I should hoard all of the money that I made because it must be a fluke. It must not be real. This isn't gonna happen again. I don't know if I can really sustain this. And I was like, oh, I'll have a container that is accustomed to enough. I don't know how to hold enough. I don't know how to be easy with enough. I don't know how to feel good in enough. Enough scares me because what if I lose it? And I was like, okay, there's work to do here. And what I did was I shut down growth on purpose. I said, let me just stay here. Let me not push. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake where they hit um, enough and they're like, great, what's next? And they zoom off and they grow too fast and they topple themselves. I was like, no, I don't, I don't know how to hold enough. I don't know how to be a bitch with enough money. I've never been a bitch with enough money. So let me say, so let me just be here. Let me feel what it's like to move through my day without having financial terror all the time. And I would say it took about two and a half months of enough before I stopped having nightly anxiety attacks about money. 
and realizing that my nightly anxiety attacks about money at one time were grounded in, in what was happening in my financial reality, but had become a physiological habit. Um, your body's really smart and an anxiety attack is a physiological thing, right? This is happening in my body. So every night at 11 p.m., my body goes and looks for things to be anxious about because for my whole life, every night when I laid down on the pillow, I panicked about money for so much of my life that now even when I didn't need to anymore, it was just a habit. My body flood, my brain floods my body with the chemicals that says, okay, it's time for anxiety. Here you go, anxiety. And I was like, oh, I don't need this anymore. And I had to do a bunch of embodiment work. I had to do tapping. I had to do meditation. I had to do breath work. I had to actively shift my nervous system state to get my nervous system to catch up to my new reality. I no longer need to be flooded with anxiety every night. Thank you so much. And I had to get really comfortable with what it felt like to be resourced financially and to have enough before I could go back into, okay, now, now we can think about growth again. Because what I realized was I don't have a container that can hold what I'm asking for. And if the more money I have, the more anxiety I feel about losing that money, I will eventually knock this over, right? I will, I will upend this process because it will make me too anxious and we will protect ourselves from that. And so this leads me into talking about my movement practice, which is what I teach in the 90 day sensual movement manifestation challenge. We want things, right? Whether that is more money or a different kind of relationship, or we want time freedom. We want to own a business. There are things we want and pretty much everything we want, we want because of what we think we're going to feel when we have it. Even if we don't identify that, we don't just want money most of the time just to have money. We want money because there's going to be a security that it's going to give us. There's going to be an ease that it's going to give us. There's going to be a sense of safety that we feel like we're going to have when we have that money. Ask anybody who's rich who has a lot of anxiety. That doesn't necessarily correlate. We have attached the feeling of I'm going to feel safe when I have this money to the goal. Now, I'm not saying money doesn't make us more safe in the world, right? That would be... Uh, not true. Uh, there are things that money does for us in the world that can make us much more safe. And that's a real thing. And you can have the money and still not feel safe. There are a lot of rich people who don't necessarily feel at ease with their financial situation. You can call in an amazing romantic partner who is securely attached and loving and attentive and kind, and you might not trust them. And you might feel like they're trying to trick you and you might push them away because even though you think you want it, you don't have a container that's set up to receive healthy affection. It makes you uncomfortable. And so thinking about when I get this thing I want, when I have it, when it comes to me, how will I recognize that it's here if I've never felt it before? How will I know in, in my body, this is real, 
This is the thing that I've been waiting for. It's here now. How will I know if I've never felt it before? How will I trust it if I don't know what it feels like? Will I allow myself to rest in the fullness of experiencing it? Or will I doubt it, push it away, reject it, pick at it? You know those people who like anytime they have a good thing, they start nitpicking and looking for reasons to tear it all apart or, or fuck it up. Uh, it's like when you like just get a manicure and you start fucking with the edges of your nails and the next thing you know, you've just chipped your whole manicure. That habit to like pick at things is the hypervigilant part of us that thinks it's protecting us from danger by constantly being on the lookout for ways that things could go wrong or ways that everything is not really what they seem like they are. And so we do all this work to get this good thing that we think we want and then we get it and we just fuck it up or we just fuck with it or we don't trust it or we don't let it in. Because it doesn't feel like we thought it would feel. And that's because we thought having the thing would change our emotional landscape. We thought just having the thing would change the nervous system. I thought once I get the money, the anxiety will go away because the anxiety is about not having the money. Well, kind of, but there's a whole physiological process. We're just a little fancy chemistry set, right? Now the anxiety is an emotional habit. Now searching for things to be anxious about is just what my brain does. It thinks it's being efficient. This is a well-worn groove. It's a pathway. The shifting of the emotional experience, the shifting of the nervous system, the shifting of the identity, becoming the type of container that can hold enoughness, that can hold ease, that can hold abundance, that can hold healthy love, that can hold joy, that can hold downtime, becoming that container. It doesn't happen in here and it doesn't happen when we get the thing. The thing doesn't change us, we have to change us. There's another layer of work that has to be done and it has to be done in the body. And so in the 90 Day Sensual Movement Manifestation practice, what we're doing is we are practicing in the body, in the nervous system, cultivating what it will feel like, what we think it's going to feel like when we have the thing we want and practicing feeling that way for three to five minutes so that when it shows up in our life, we recognize it and we're comfortable with it and we can hold it. If when you have more money coming in, you think that you're going to feel safe, supported, cared for, and relaxed, but right now feeling safe, supported, cared for, and relaxed actually makes you nervous, we need to start practicing feeling those things in the body right now unraveling the anxiety, really letting your body be supported for a few minutes, really letting yourself unfold for a few minutes. And there are ways that we can cultivate that in the body, in relationship with gravity, 
um, that don't require any money, right? We can practice feeling that way now and be like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to be supported. All right. Now, when you get there, you might notice you have thoughts, you have anxieties, you have fears, you have things that you've been avoiding or things that you've never been able to tap into before that come rushing to the surface. And that's a beautiful thing because now you get to deal with them head on and directly. You get to address them. You get to journal about them. You get to have a conversation with them. You get to repattern them through something like EFT. Um, and you may not have had a chance to deal with those things head on if you hadn't taken the time and the space to cultivate the sensation in your body and to practice what it feels like to feel the way you wanna feel, which is usually how you think you're gonna feel when you get the thing. Is this all clicking? So it's woo and it's very not woo. It's emotional and it's very practical. It is deep work, but it doesn't feel like it when you're doing it. And you might be like, wait, like how can three to five minutes a day of just like cultivating feelings in my body like really change that much of my life? It changes that much of your life. In the challenge in the past, we've had people get into grad school. We've had people get into new relationships. We've had people start businesses. We've had people call in high paying clients. We've had people had experiences where like a family member offered to pay off all their debt. Like we've had all of these things happen. And the person was like, oh, I know that this is the thing I was asking for because it feels exactly like what I've been practicing feeling. And I recognized it in my body and it didn't scare me. I now have a container that can hold what I'm asking for. So I want you to consider if you've been asking for more clients in your business, do you currently have a container that would welcome that? Would it stress you out? Would it make you anxious? Would you be panicking all the time? Would you be going into people pleasing or fawning? Would you burn yourself out? Um, or would you feel like, damn right, of course I have these clients, I'm fucking bomb and I can manage it. Would you feel competent? Would you feel capable? Would you feel confident about it? Would it put you at ease? Do you have a container if you're asking for more money? Do you currently feel anxious about money? Does money make you really uncomfortable? Does talking about money make you feel sick to your stomach when you think about um, making sure that you can manage that money and save and invest and um, pay your taxes does it make you want to shut down or does it make you feel easy confident um, capable strong um, relaxed for instance what are the what kind of container would you need to have to hold the thing you're asking for? And do you currently have that kind of container? If you're calling in love that has a high degree of reciprocity, do you let people help you? Does other people taking care of things for you make you super edgy and uncomfortable 
Do you want to control everything? Do you get upset when people try to give you help or advice? Do you feel like when people step up for you, you don't want them to see you that way because you don't want to be seen as needy? Do you have a container that can hold the kind of love and attention that you're asking for? Or if it showed up, would you push it away because you're currently attuned to, I only feel safe when I do everything myself? How do you feel about resting in receivership and letting other people do for you? Can anybody give you anything? Can people give you a compliment? Or do you just be like, no, no, no. These types of considerations are profound and life-changing. Again, deep work, but it's not hard. And it's not about like doing more shit. It's just about recognizing that we have the ability to curate and cultivate any emotional state that we want and to practice it in a controlled environment, in the safety of our own home and learn what it feels like to sustain that emotional state so that when it comes to us in the world, we are prepared to hold it. And that's what we're doing in the challenge. If you've never joined the challenge before, I really want you to join this time. If you have joined before, I hope you're joining again. Over the next couple weeks, you're gonna see me share testimonials from people who have done it in the past. This is now the fourth time we've done it. It's a really special practice. It's very simple, but again, it's really um, big, big work uh, for your insides. It is a dollar a day, it's 90 bucks, and you can sign up through the link in my bio. You can also sign up for three payments of 3333. We start April 1st. There's only three live movement experiences. The rest of it all takes place in a Facebook group, uh, and your practice is private. You learn the formula, and you learn how to do the practice, and then you get a little tracker chart, and you start doing the practice um, on your own every day, and just reporting and checking in and sharing with the group about how it's feeling, what you're noticing, what's unfolding. There are some people who have done it in the past who have focused on one big manifestation for the whole 90 days and had it happen. There are other people who have had smaller manifestations that they've been working on through the 90 days and they've seen many of those happen. So the way that you approach it is up to you. Um, I think actually this round for me, I'm gonna be focusing on cultivating a feeling state that I'm probably gonna be focused on for the whole 90 days. Um, because it feels big and important for me to focus on that one feeling state. Um, but once you get in, you'll learn all about how to set your intentions and how to work with the practice um, around those intentions. Um, it is a somatic embodiment practice. It is a spiritual practice. It is a nervous system regulating practice. It is a super fun practice and it's a dope community and it's real easy and it only takes a couple minutes a day. So I think this is also good for those of us who relate to any deep, oh, it's 111 at this moment and there's one person here, I love all the ones. Um, this is also really good for folks who tend to relate to doing deep transformational work as it's gonna be hard, right? Sometimes we think of therapy as like, oh, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be grueling, I'm gonna cry a lot, it's gonna be deep, it's gonna be intense and um, you know, when we think about things we want to change or like your money story and you're like, oh, it's going to be all this hard work to change it. It's going to take a long time. Sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's really nice to be open 
to growth that comes through ease, growth that comes through joy and enjoyment, that it is possible to have profound growth that comes to us in light, easy ways. And that's something that we really get to explore inside the challenge. So if this is sounding good to you, I really hope that you join us. Um, and I get it if you don't like Facebook, I don't like Facebook either, but every time we've tried to do it in a place that's not Facebook, people forget to use the app and they forget to show up. Facebook just tends to be the thing that people show up for. So um, I have had people who make like a dummy Facebook account just to do the challenge and then delete it at the end and you are always welcome to do that. It's a really easy way to just get in the group and be involved and then pull out. <laughs> I was gonna say pull out, but you know what I mean. Pull out when it's time to pull out. All right. Um, yeah, that's what I have to share. I hope that this was helpful. If you have any questions for me about this, or if you have any questions about the challenge, please leave them in the comments or shoot me a DM. I'm happy to talk with you about them. Okay, love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching or join my Facebook group, Unstuck Group, to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.